0: Hey, you're listening to the Creative Pep Talk Podcast. We help you build a thriving creative career. I'm your host, Andy J. Pilsner. You can stay up to date with all things Creative Pep Talk by following me on Instagram at Andy J. Pizza. Not Pilsner. Andy J. Pizza on Instagram. Let's get into today's episode. This episode is supported by In The Making, an original podcast brought to you by Adobe Express, the all-in-one content creation app included in your Creative Cloud membership. If you are trying to boost the YouTube, TikTok, Reels content side of what you're doing, one episode of In The Making that I think will be super useful to you is their episode with John Ushai. Man, you know that I freaking love a new year. I love the clean slate. I love that, uh, you know, we're getting things started. I get so pumped about the goal setting. Let's get into it, man. Let's go conquer another year. Let's conquer some new goals. That's the way that I'm wired. I'm kind of an achiever personality type. Uh, but here's the thing before we run gung-ho into 2020, I think we need to do an annual review. And let's think about it like a video game, okay? I don't know about you, but I I play video games with my wife. And the way I play them is I'm ready to achieve. I'm ready to beat this game. I go gung-ho, all guns blazing. I talk to the least amount of side characters as possible. I do the least amount of side quests possible. And I just want to get through the game and bust it and get to the next level, the next level, the next level. And my wife is exactly the opposite. She's trying to enjoy the moment, enjoy the depth of the game. Make sure no corner, no uh, stone is left unturned, and I drive her absolutely crazy in this achievement-oriented gameplay. And so let's let's just imagine that life's a video game, and you're right on the precipice of the new year, but before you go in. You've almost finished level 2019, but before you complete it, retrace your steps and make sure you didn't miss any hidden items. Like, let's go back and do a little annual review, look over what's happened. I'm going to give you some tools, some tips, some tricks on how to unearth hidden items from the past year so that you go into 2020 equipped with everything possible to crush it in a major way are you ready to do it? Before turning that page, before getting to the next level, let's slow it down. Let's retrace our steps. Let's make sure we didn't miss anything. Let's play the game Sophie's way, uh, instead of Andy's way for a minute, we're going to get to Andy's way in the coming weeks. We're going to get fired up about 2020 setting them goals and crushing those benchmarks. And, uh, we're going to do that. But before we do, Let's dig in to what we potentially have missed because it will equip us to do infinitely more than we can do without it. Let's jump it. Let's let's jump and dump. (laughs) I just wanna, let's get to the information. So the lens that I wanna use get the most from our retracing of these 2019 steps is the Pareto principle. It's the 80-20 rule. We've talked a little bit about it on the podcast. And as I talk about it, I go higher pitched for some reason. But the 80-20 rule is this idea, okay, that 20% of the results, or no, 80% of the results come from 20% of the causes, if you will, uh, let me explain what that means. Here's some examples. That, uh, I got this from a, an article that you can find in the show notes at slash episodes. Um, but here's an example of how this 2080 thing plays out. So 20% of criminals commit 80% of the crimes, 20% of drivers cause 80% of all traffic accidents, 80% of pollution comes from uh, comes from 20% of the factories. 20% of companies' products represent 80% of the sales. 20% of employees are responsible for 80% of the results. 20% of students have grades 80% or higher. So, I don't know about that last one, but <laughs> these are all examples of the 80-20 rule in play. Pareto observed that... Uh, in a given business, in a given society, in a given what-have-you organization, that 80% of the results come from 20% of the people or 20% of the efforts or 20% of the products. If you think about Apple, 80% of their revenue comes from 20% of their products. And I think that... the lesson is and what what has been learned is that great businesses don't focus on making that 80 other 80% better they focus on doubling down on the 20% that is getting the results if you put 100% of your efforts on 20% of the stuff that's working you'll get 3000% better results i don't know if that math checks out but you don't need to worry about that the point is that what we're going to do is we're going to go look back through our marketing our artwork, and our talent. And we're going to focus on the 20% that got 80% of the results. We're going to figure out what is the 20% that's the most powerful and how can we double down on that and ignore the 80% that is yielding no results in 2020. Uh, It's my nature actually, to do the opposite, to focus on all the ways that I'm not doing a good job, all the ways that I don't measure up and focus 100% of my effort on the things that rarely yield any result and it's just a terrible way of doing business, it's a terrible way of exist, existing in the world, you don't have to be all things to all people. If you just focus on your little plot of land and maximizing your strengths rather than trying to get your weaknesses up to snuff, you will be an incredibly valuable, sought-after, creative person. And so we're going to go through three categories, and I'm going to use some questions to help provoke your understanding of what is my 20% in that given category and how can I double down on it for 2020 in a way that I didn't in 2019 for maximum exponential results. So the first place that we're going to use the Pareto principle, the 80-20 rule, is in your marketing. How did people find you in 2019? What was the 20% of your efforts that yielded 80% of your results? You can find this information by putting out a survey. If you have a newsletter, uh, you can do it that way. If you have just an Instagram or a Twitter, you can set up a SurveyMonkey survey and put the link on Twitter and uh, collect results that way. You can ask a question on your Instagram stories. You can do create a unique post and ask the question in the caption and just get comments below. But I highly suggest that you get in tune with how are people finding you? How did people find you in 2019? Uh, and so I did this process and I realized that The biggest acquisition of new followers, new true fans, new people knowing about and staying in tune with what I do were through a handful of my guests. Um, In particular, it was Lisa Congdon and Fran, Fran Erd, Fran Manassas, um, and I instantly see a ton of things in common with these two people. So first and foremost, the maybe obvious thing is yeah, they have a big following. And that I'm sure that has an effect on how that played out. But I also interviewed lots of other people last year that also had big or bigger following than those two people. And I think what's more interesting is these are two people who I have a deep connection with. They're actual friends. They're people that I see, uh, I have a lot in common with them and we have, uh, we connect deeply about how we make art and what we're trying to do in the world. And so I think that's another factor. And, but the bigger takeaway from all that is because we connect so deeply, um, and we're good friends that the people that like Fran and that like Lisa are likely to like me too. And so leaning into who are the people that I have this deep affinity for and having those people on the podcast because we're going to have great overlap, like the people that want to follow me will want to follow them and vice versa. Uh, On top of that, I think that we have, because we have similar audiences, I think one uh, takeaway from that that I've been thinking about is who are people that I have a deep affinity with that I don't have a great overlap already in my target market who are people that I have the potential to swap a totally different audience with Um, but there's a lot you see I can do with that information so find out how did people find you what were the efforts that you made that actually moved the needle in terms of new people finding out about you And then start comparing those and finding patterns with what is actually the game changer here and then how can you create a plan in 2020 to maximize the potential for that. So for me personally, I've thought about who am I having on the show next year? Who are the people that I have the deepest connections with? Who are people that I have a deep connection with but have a totally different audience to me that have never heard of me? Uh, and and vice versa who can I help uh, introduce you guys to that you're gonna love as much as you love this show or love my work or like my work I don't want to presume maybe you just tolerate me I don't know <laughs> I don't know but I highly suggest it Figure it out what are the things that you're doing to move the needle in terms of your marketing and how do you do 10x that in 2020 that you did this year second way we're going to use the 8020 rule is with your actual artwork and we're gonna do an exercise that uh, is a, it's a take on something you might have done in the past, but hopefully with some new layers that get you more powerful information. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to release your greatest hits in your opinion we're not going to release your greatest hits based on record sales or what the billboard say or what the uh, record label suggests we're going to release a greatest hits of your work from 2019 and you can even go back further too if it, if you've never really reviewed Uh, your stuff. Maybe you want to go even further back, but create a playlist. If you're a musician, create a uh, top nine, if you will, if you're an illustrator, a visual artist, create a compilation of your greatest work from your opinion, from your point of view. Carson Ellis, the illustrator does this uh most years you know there's this top nine thing on instagram where you l- load up your instagram to this algorithm that says these are the i just like using the word algorithm i don't know what it means but it sounds like i do uh but <laughs> you upload it to the top nine it tells you these are your top nine performing posts and you post that and you're like uh, hooray but a deeper review, something that I get I think gets to a more helpful practice for the artist is what were the top nine things that you made this year that really deeply resonated with you? That's step one of this 8020 art practice. Um, Start with your own thing, because I think the problem that we have, because the step two is going to be getting feedback from other people, but I think the, the problem we have from listening to the feedback from our audience, you know, I think artists of all kinds really struggle with how do I navigate, you know, doing what works for my audience while also ignoring them to the degree where I need to listen to my inner intuition, I was, you know, one of the. Th- I, I get freaking crazy about people talking about the album Kid A. Every freaking time there's ever a discussion about creativity and best practices, the example is Kid A. Like, well, with radio and Kid A, but the reason I think we go there is I think it's the exception to the rule. I think it 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 defies so many good practices, and it's the one lottery ticket that won the jackpot. I'm not going to go deep into that, but one thing that, uh, w- that we can take away from this is Tom York seems to be great at keeping a pulse to his own creative intuition, to his own creative taste, to tapping into what's working for him. And I think that is where you need to start. But I don't suggest staying there. If you stay there, you're banking on being the exception to the rule. I think in order to round this out more fully, we've got to create a Venn diagram between what you think is the best and what also is resonating and working for your audience. I think every filmmaker longs to be both a success with the critics and with the audience and with themselves. So... What I suggest you do, don't just release your top nine pieces from the year based on stats and qualitative information. Re- start with your own resonance. Go back over your work and pick out nine things that you think these were the most successful to me, regardless of if they were successful to the audience. Because what I found through doing this process was the likes were a lot more to do with external factors and not the merit of my work you have to understand you got to take the jokes to a bunch of different rooms because sometimes you're in a room where the person that went on before you freaking crushed it and it changed the room or sometimes they freaking bombed and it changed room or sometimes you're a comic that works in boston but doesn't work in la and that's totally fine you can lean into that if you understand it if you get another give it another chance what happened to me when I released a bunch of stuff that uh, and asked for feedback on it? I realized, stuff that I'd released before, I'd realized that some things that I thought were a total failure, some things that I made that I freaking loved and I thought were great, but then fall, fell flat on Instagram, I realized that it wasn't me. It was the algorithm. It was the time I posted it. You know, the Mona Lisa, if it was released at the wrong time on the wrong date and didn't hit that sweet spot of the algorithm, we would have never heard of it the metaphorical algorithm that is the proverbial algorithm of culture and and time and zeitgeist right but it's all a factor and so what i suggest you do is a put together your personal greatest hits your top night with Top nine, whether that's a playlist or, or an Instagram post or, or what have you. Create that collection. That's step one. Start with your own personal true north, your creative intuition, your taste. Did it light up your own personal taste buds? And then ask, which of these were your favorite Which of these, you know, comment below. And honestly, I released 40 of those. I didn't just do nine, but nine's an easy, manageable number. Um, You know, release whatever you're comfortable with. But let's take your top nine, top 15, and then ask your audience, which of these hit home for you and maybe even ask why. The thing that blew me away was some of the things that I had written off as total failures were the top performers in this survey, and it gave me new information, it gave me new trust in my own creative intuition, and it helped me create a roadmap going forward. So create your own greatest hits based on your taste, and then see which of these worked the best for your audience. Find some patterns in that and let that be a springboard to the stuff that you make in 2020. All right, the last one that we're going to look through the lens of the 80-20 rule is your talents, your strengths and weaknesses. 2019 was a whole new experiment exploring and unearthing who you are as a person and what your talents and gifts are. You will have new information after this year about what makes you unique on this planet and how you are equipped to uniquely serve humanity. And so I find it incredibly valuable to retrace your steps and see what were the deepest, biggest impacts that I had and what talents and strengths was I playing on. One of the things that happened to me as I looked back over 2019 is something that kind of shocked me and upset me a little bit. I realized that after about halfway through the year, I quit making videos. I quit making YouTube videos. I make them with my buddy, Connor Jones, who's a video guy. Um, He helps me produce these things. And I realized that about halfway through the year, I quit making them. And I realized the reason that I quit making them is because I started focusing on, not on my 20%, not on the 20% of talents and strengths that I have that get 80% of my results, but the 80% of what I do that gets, that underperforms, that gets 20% of my results. I started focusing on all the things that I wasn't up to snuff with. I started to look at all the ways that other illustrators are respected and celebrated that I'm not, and I started to double down on those areas. It's so easy for me to get distracted by all the ways I don't measure up rather than focus on all the ways that I already have strengths overflowing, All the ways that I'm unique, all the ways that I do things that other people don't. I kind of think about it like you're a sports star in high school and maybe your real strengths are in basketball, but your high school is a football high school that in your high school, all the cool people care about the football players. And so you quit playing basketball or you slack off on basketball to be better at football, to be cool with the cool crowd, all the while sacrificing your ability to get that basketball scholarship. What are the ways that you're allowing the opinions or what's, you know, the hot, fresh, new thing on Instagram or on uh, Spotify or whatever, you know, what are the ways that you're being distracted by trends, by popularity, by trying to be cool? What are all the ways that you are being uh, sucked in by FOMO? What are the ways that you are being blinded by the things that you do that aren't so great, the ways that you'll never measure up? How are you letting those steal the potential of your true talents? For me personally, I realized that, you know, I may never be the greatest illustrator in the world, but I might be the greatest illustrator who makes videos. I mean, the competition is tough there and I might only ever be second or third best because I have some friends that are crushing it in that area but it's a race that I can actually run and what I realized from looking back is I have two areas that are performing really high two areas where 20% of my efforts are getting 80% of my results one of them was um podcasts and the other one was illustration. And I realized that video had the potential to be the synthesis of both the best of my illustrated comics and the best of my podcast. And I could put those things together and hopefully get totally new heights and double down on those two things by combining them. One of the things I realized is rarely is your niche going to be one particular thing that you do. It's often a combination of things you do that are totally unique. You know, my dad, he would never be the best public speaker in the world. He'd definitely never be the best accountant or the best finance guy in the world. But the fact that he holds the keys to both of those submarines means that he can dive deeper than anyone in that area. He is a finance guy that's also a tremendous public speaker. And the combination of those two things all of a sudden bring results that no, only he is equipped to find. And so if you'll look back, retrace your steps, what are the things that you do that nobody else can do? What are the things that uh, that come so naturally to you that get 80% of your results? And quit focusing on the things that you that you do that don't measure up and spending so much time to take that 80% and get it to 23% rather than 20%. Instead, take that 20% of your strengths and double down on it and go from 80% to 360% results. I don't know. I don't know how percents work but you understand what I'm saying. Are you being distracted? Do you have blind spots of things that uh, because of people's comments, because of what's celebrated, because of what's um, interesting or accepted or, uh, or, or valuable to others, have you been distracted and caused to focus on your weaknesses rather than the things that just overflow from you? So for me personally, going into 2020, I want to see how can I synthesize the things that I do best, even if they're not the most celebrated, so that I can have the deepest impact on my audience. Just to recap that part, what I want you to focus on, what is the thing that what are the things that take the least amount of effort from you in terms of output? Um, in terms of artistry, that have the biggest results. I found that video was not an enormous effort on my part, but had an enormous payoff. I found that um, there are certain types of illustration that I do that just completely come natural to me that get... 80% of my results and then I found there's types of illustration especially stuff that has the awards especially that has the clout that takes tons and tons of effort from me that gets only 20% of my results what are your flow states that other sometimes we ignore these things because they come so easy to us that we think they must not be valuable, but the stuff that comes with the ease that has that flow, sometimes that's the most potent stuff. So look back. What are the things that you do that are uh, that where well, you're putting a 20% effort and getting 80% result? And how what would it look like if you put spent a hundred percent of your effort and time on those things? I think you'd find some exponential growth. Now, ultimately, this episode is not about retracing your steps. I lied to you. It's not about going back in the past and getting hung up on everything you could have done better and everything you missed. Hopefully, this episode, this idea of doubling down on what's working rather than fretting about what's not will change your perspective going forward because the truth is you can learn from where you've been, but you can never go back. You see, life is the kind of video game that uh, not not this open world where you can retrace your steps over and over and go back and go back through past levels and ransack the place and get every little hidden thing and go 100% completion. The truth is you'll never get to 100% completion on earth because you can't go back. It's like one of those old school Super Mario games like Super Mario 1 where every time you take a few steps forward, the game locks and you can try to go back, but you're just going to hit a wall. And so if you will learn to update your vision, to see – When you're getting distracted by the 80% that's not working so well and when you have an opportunity to double down on something that will work, if you can train your brain through this retracing of our steps process, you won't go through 2020 and miss any hidden items the first time. I was playing a video game with my son called Rayman. Uh, He got it for Christmas. I grew up playing some games from this series and super loved him. And the first couple levels we went through, he kept noticing these secret items. He kept noticing where there was going to be a hidden path. And the reason is, is because he played that game and he notices what hidden items look like. He notices like, oh, that wall looks like a fake wall that you can walk through or that bottom of that pond looks like it keeps going. It doesn't have a bottom which means there's something there. If you will process this 2019 path in this way, you not only will unearth some hidden items that you'd left behind, you'll find some pieces of art that actually have more to dive into. you can create a whole series on that. you can uh, you, you know you can find art that you made that, it didn't hit right the first time but you realize it was only because you posted at the wrong time you will find oh this marketing tactic actually works like gangbusters and i'm gonna freaking triple down on that thing this year yes you're gonna find those hidden items and you're gonna be able to maximize the next year with that potential but the truth is the real power is gonna come from being able to spot the opportunities in real time, in the present moment so that by the time we get to the start of 2021, when you've completed level 2020, you can look back and know that you have hit 100% completion on the first run through because you're not stuck in the past worrying about what could have been. You're not stuck trying to too fast forward to the future too quickly but you're you're in the moment you're in the pocket you're in the zone you're in the flow and you're picking up on those items as you go if you need a visual reminder to be looking out for those secret items, to be training yourself to double down on what works for you and who you are and quit getting distracted by everything you're not and all the 80% of your efforts that aren't working. If you need that visual reminder so that all through this year, you will remember to seize those opportunities as they come in real time, All right. That is our last episode of 2019. I hope that it has energized you and pepped you up to the frickin' max. You're 100% jazzed out of your shorts to be pumped. Are you wearing shorts? I was. It's a warm Christmas this year. Anyway, I hope this episode really did it for you. Uh, these things really helped me. I feel like I'm I've got my targets set. I'm ready to go into 2020 and kick some butts. I'm Yeah, I hope you feel the same. I hope you got some good flavor out of this episode. Thanks to Yoni Wolf and the band Y for our theme music. Thanks to Alex Sugg for our soundtrack. Thanks to Chris Graham of Chris Graham Mastering for some audio assistance. And thanks to all of you for making 2019 a banner year. I feel like I got closer to 100% completion. That's not true. I don't. I actually, I feel like... I got distracted 2019. I did some stuff that I'm really, really proud of. But I do think, uh, uh, yeah, I missed some secret items because I, I got I got distracted. And I'm ready to go into 2020 uh, fully present, fully aware. And I hope you are, too. And until we speak again, stay pepped up.